0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking Dynasty Rankings on Roto-Viz Radio. What's
2: up, Roto-Viz?
1: Welcome into the Rotoviz fantasy football show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick, who is back from vacation. We're going to talk some dynasty with you tonight, but I have to ask Curtis, uh, have you returned from this vacation rejuvenated? Or are you actually a little <laughs> bit now more depleted than you were when you left?
3: Oh man, uh, like my soul has been rejuvenated, I would say. Uh, so for the, those who maybe missed a couple episodes or uh, just don't make it their personal habit to memorize the things that I'm doing in my life. Uh, I was out last week um, with the kids, the family uh, down at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. It was beautiful weather. Uh, a couple of things happened that made that trip pretty tiring. Uh, the first of which being our flight out from Ohio being changed to a 5 a.m. departure on the day that we float down there. Yep. So. I mean, a 5 a.m. departure, you know, listeners with a a 5-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 10-year-old. Um, it's, you know, it's as you would imagine. Uh, so we actually get down to Florida at 7.30, can't check in till 4. So we you know, <laughs> spent some time you know, <laughs> yep. driving around the city and sightseeing and, you know, whatever. It's fun. It's good. I mean, the parks were incredible. Um, they, they were in- incredible. And that, you know, seeing the kids reactions and some of the experiences, I mean, geez, you know, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to check out those landscapes, Dave, but I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like for those of you that have seen Avatar or the new Star Wars movies, things like that. I mean, you really feel like you're just walking around on a different planet in some of these areas of the park. It's really cool. Um, it was also miserably crowded. And, uh, of course we had, you know, we're, we're value hunters. So, you know, we're, we're extracting every possible minute out of park time that we can, you know, we're opening them up, opening them up, we're closing them down. And, uh, I, I think we averaged something like five hours of sleep per night the whole week. <laughs> so oh, wow. I came back, I came back pretty tired, but I haven't got to spend that much on uninter- on uninter- uh, uninterrupted time with my family in, in a long, really probably since the pandemic started. Right. Right. Um, and so it, this was super special and uh, I had a great week. So thanks so much for holding down the pod uh, last week uh, without me.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Glad to hear that uh, it was a good trip and to have you back. Uh, so as I talked about last week, for anybody that didn't hear, we have rolled out some new, fresh, completely updated Dynasty rankings on the site. I've made a couple changes to the way that they're presented. We're now including tiers in a easy to digest visual format that you can look at Curtis well on vacation made his first pass through listen going through and ranking dynasty players putting them into tiers. this is a process that takes a couple iterations fortunately as the team we still have a while Uh, to really pin these down we're gonna have to react to what happens in the draft what have you so this week i wanted to talk through a couple of players with curtis that maybe as a team right now we're not that aligned on or that are guys that require maybe you know two or three passes to really think through where we should be including these guys now we are going to talk about a player here that curtis had a little bit higher than the rest of the team but before we do that let's hit a stat attack on him curtis
3: yeah, that sounds great. So this week's, this Monday, this Tuesday episode, FFBC stat attack. Is no,
1: no, 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 no. Oh, right, this is a Tuesday. Sorry to be talking over, man. Like, it, yeah, it is going to be Tuesday. Tuesday. Wow, this week's, mon- this week's Monday while. our
3: time as we record. It's Tuesday posting time for the listeners. Wow. Um, yeah, we will never. We will do this for years. I mean, we're. We're like 150 shows in together or something, and we still can't get this right. Uh, so I, I have little faith that we ever will. But that's yep. not important. What What is important is our FFPC stat attack. And uh, before I even share that stat attack, I, I do need to announce Dave. Yep. That as of t- today, as in the recording day, Monday, April fourth, twenty twenty two, Rotoviz TriFlex Dynasty startups are open. Oh, in the wow. FFPC lobby, it is startup season, man. Wow, man! And uh, so, so, so this is this could not be more timely. It's a really fun time to do startups, especially you get those rookies included in there. Uh, just so much fun. So uh, today's stat attacks on one, Mister Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, fresh off the Super Bowl win, per the Rotoviz NFL Stat Explorer. In his 17 active games in 2021, averaged 22.5 PPR per game, uh, finishing as a QB1 59% of the time. And he posted two weeks with greater than uh, 30 fantasy points and a whole smattering of of weeks above 20 points, 25 points. Uh, Really, really great season uh, for Stafford. A couple things that I think as we kind of dovetail in here uh, to Stafford's ranking. Uh, and our first pass from me, you, and Sean. And and what's probably leading to some of the disagreement is, I I guess it depends on how you think the Rams will uh, roll their offense out in 2022. You know, in 2021, Cam Akers was hurt. They had some, you know, guys playing musical chairs at the running back position. Um, But then, you know, the counter argument to some of that is Robert Woods was out for the majority of the year. And, you know, so you really only had Cooper Cup and then, you know, part of, Odell Beckham Jr. Yet Stafford still performs as a fantasy QB one. Now the team brings in Allen Robinson, who earlier in his career has crushed with far lesser quarterbacks than Stafford. I mean, this is exactly the same situation that we talked about for woods and cup. And it was one of the reasons I was so high on cup entering last year is like, you know, look how good he was with Jared Goff. Now he gets Matt Stafford. I mean, I I, I think You know Stafford could be even better or more consistent in 2022. You know, with an even better uh, slash healthier surrounding cast of wide receivers, and you know he's 34 years old. He's signed through 2027, tied to you know all these players he's familiar with with Sean McVay. uh, Provided that McVay doesn't take one of these offers to go into the TV booth, Dave. You know, I, I think Stafford is a tier below all of those mobile quarterbacks. Uh, that we see at the top top of the draft, the guys that are on the the correct side of 30. Not that 30 really matters for quarterbacks anyway. Uh, these days, uh, seeing what Rodgers and, and Brady and those guys are doing uh, later on in their careers, late 30s, early 40s. But I, I just don't see, I mean, I don't see how Stafford could fall off. He feels like a locked and loaded, you know, mid to low end QB1 with a very high floor and a high ceiling Each year you have to like him as one of the very few quarterbacks that could throw 40 touchdowns each season. You know, the the interceptions are a little bit of a knock, I guess if you're in a heavy interception league, but we're not worried about that. You know, we're ranking with our RotoViz triflex leagues in mind here. I, I just view him. I think he's one of those bona fide guys right below the mobile tier of quarterbacks that can add the 500, 600 yards rushing. And so, you know, I know I've got him a lot higher than the rest of the team. I've got him basically slotted in there at the two three turn of startups, uh, ranking him I think at twenty four overall in in my first pass of the rankings, and as a what tier? Let me let me double check my tier here. A tier three guy. So a uh, tier three would be one round one pick and one round two pick in a super super flex format. And honestly, I think it's kind of light in that context. Yeah. You know, for a quarterback. At this age, with the whole contract ahead of him and this surrounding talent, you know, perhaps he should be worth two first-round picks. I might have to move my tier line because he's right at the top of tier three. So those are some of the arguments for Stafford. You know, you're a little lower on him. I mean, I, I'm curious to hear your counterpoints, and you know, maybe we can reach an accord here on where Stafford ought to be.
1: Yeah. So I will say, actually, as I go back and I look at my rankings right now, I do see him behind some players that I don't think that he should be like. Um, I actually had him coming in um, behind like Justin Fields, for example. And I think when I was first putting these together, it was focusing on some of the younger players trying mm-hmm. to keep these forward looking um, but I was yeah. actually surprised now in my, in my past going back and looking at to see him down behind some of those players. I do think, though, why I might have him also in totality a little bit further back is that while I was working through these, I have guys like Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, really locked into my tier one at the quarterback position. So that only gives Stafford, you know, so much room to creep up. I also call me crazy would have him. I had him behind somebody like Jalen Hurts. I'm not sure upon further consideration that makes sense. So I could see him creeping up. But then the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that there are a number of players at other positions that are interesting. So, so it almost brings us to this discussion though of if we are doing this for a super flex league, how aggressive you have to be when thinking about that startup with the quarterback position. So I'm, I know I'm not necessarily addressing your question, but I actually think it's worth exploring that. Okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, you kind of did, but then I, I think I have, you know, I have, uh, a reaction there. Yep. So yep. I too have Stafford behind Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts. Mm. I think that's justifiable mm-hmm. because Fields and Hurts are at a point in their career early on with the mobility. If they have a breakout season, they're going to become mid, you know, mid round one startup picks in 2023. Yep. Um, so, you know, you're speculating on them in this range, even though they're both riskier bets than Stafford moving forward. You're you're investing in them in a startup in this range. You're trading for them in this range with this type of value because they have a chance to provide you an immense return on the investment. Stafford's here because you know it's it's basically a, a great way. You know he's a store of value uh, for yeah. a couple of years. I, I look at Stafford at age 34 in this Ram situation very similarly to how I looked at Aaron Rodgers uh, in his uh, last contract uh, with with the Packers, and I, I think it's hard to get him up in this range anymore, you know, with Devonte Adams out of there, but even heading into, I don't know, maybe even to 2020, this is the range that I would have had Aaron Rodgers in, you know, perhaps it is like age 36 season or something. I think he would have been at that point. Um, so, so I don't take issue with you having Stafford behind Hurts and Fields. It sounds like maybe where, where our lack of alignment is, isn't, it, it doesn't have anything to do with how we're evaluating Stafford versus his pure quarterbacks, Right it's how we're evaluating or approaching the quarterback position in a super flex startup. So this is one reason why I try to, I mean, the portfolio continues to grow. I, I, you know, I have to play what I'm analyzing. And so I do startups every single year. I'm in one right now, a super flex startup right now. I'm just telling you, man, and this is, this is industry types. I mean, it's Ryan McDowell's in there. Scott Barrett's in there. uh, Brett Whitfield's in there. I mean, it's, It's PFF, it's fantasy points, it's DLF, it's all the guys, and the quarterbacks are just running, man. I mean, we're like twelve deep. We just finished the second round, and we're twelve deep. They get pushed up the board, and you know this isn't this is in settings that are almost identical to a Rotaviz triflex league. It's tied in premium, starting as uh, the same number of players in the lineup. Just the actual requirement, each position is is a little bit different, so you know, I think that's what it really comes down to. I think where you and Sean have Stafford ranked, um, I mean, you certainly would never have access to them there. Right. Uh, so, so it's, it's really a fade level rank and you would basically be, you, you kind of be, you would also probably not have access to fields or Hertz. I mean, these are, these are guys that are going to go in the third round in startups probably. So I think that's that would be what I would say, like, maybe consider. But at the same time, if you value, you know, in that range, T. Higgins, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, if you want access to some of these wide receivers in round three, you're never going to be on those quarterbacks there. You're, you're approaching your team build differently. You're going to take a quarterback in round one or two, transition to those other positions, and then, you know, maybe have, you know, a grouping of players that are rotating through that super flex that could even potentially include non quarterbacks that you would use in that slot uh, by waiting until later in the draft or you, you know, you draft a couple of rookies and hope that you hit on one. There's, there's any number of ways that you can skin the startup cat, I think. Yep. Um, but that's, you know, that's why I'm on, I'm on Stafford. I, I think Matt Stafford at age 34 with his surrounding talent is going to maintain value better than Stefan Diggs in the same range. He's going to maintain value better than Devonte Adams in the same range, uh, Travis Kelsey in the same range. And so, you know, I do, I, I think that is really my takeaway that I would hammer home wherever you end up putting him. He, he still feels like a store of value to me.
1: I think that that all makes a ton of sense. And, um, The thing that it also makes me want to recommend to people out there, as you're talking about, you know, there's there's so many different ways you can approach a startup. Um, Obviously, in Superflex, you are going to have to think about what you're going to do with quarterback more than any other, you know, format. But my point would be there's definitely value in acclimating or getting yourself acquainted with whatever source you're trusting, their positional ranks, and then making sure that you're kind of working those into your approach more so than just going off of what might be the composite overall ranking, um, because that will allow you to kind of to build your team to some degree in your image, which is one of the things that we definitely want you to do with somebody that consumes
2: a jump,
3: a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans.
1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
3: All right, and that drop means it's time to check in on our team Rotoviz underdog best ball draft. It's the roto uh, and friends draft. This is really cool, Dave, uh, all of us competing against each other. I want to just give an update on my squad through eight rounds. Uh, I've got Austin Eckler, J.K. Dobbins, and Leonard Fournette at running back. Tyree Kill, Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen, and Dalton Schultz at uh, tight end. I'm loving this squad. I'm going to need to come back and address quarterback position, but I love the balance. I feel like I got a steal on Leonard Ford net. I think the, you know, the industry is behind on him a little bit and you know, he's a top five running back last season and he's being drafted like in the position where he is an RB 20 really pumped about my potential to win this league through eight, but there's a lot of time left there. Obviously uh, it, I might be excited about the squad, but I think what's exciting for all the listeners Is our partnership with Underdog Fantasy. You use promo code RotoViz, just like it sounds R O T O V I Z, promo code RotoViz, and Underdog Fantasy will actually match your deposit at 100%, up to 100 bucks. So you're throwing 100 bucks, they give you 100 bucks. It's that simple. Um, So check it out, UnderdogFantasy.com, or you can just go to the app store on your mobile device and download the Underdog Fantasy app. Make sure you use promo code Rotoviz at sign up to get that deposit match, Dave.
1: The other player um, that we wanted to talk about tonight, uh, we actually had two more I want to talk about, but Joe Mixon. Um, Sean has Mixon up in the 80s. I have him low 50s. You have him at 28. When I had originally done my rankings, I had him a little bit closer to where you were, Curtis. Part of my thinking there was that I do expect, you know, at least the upcoming season, him to be a very, very useful player to have a lot of value. But like I kind of said with Stafford, I found myself pushing up some younger guys that ha- might have more of a window for value. And it actually kind of tied in with one of the things that I was talking about um, on the Thursday show last week, which is how quickly players can lose their value in Dynasty. Um, why don't we just quickly hit though, upon some of the things that we think really drive up Mixon's value at this point, I'd assume one of the starting places would be the fact that he is in Cincinnati.
3: Well, sure. Um, he, he's in an offensive system that's going to put him on the very short list of players who would make sense to, to place some bets on to league, uh, lead the league in touchdowns in any given year. Um, things can bounce that way. You know, the receivers can get tackled an inordinate number of times inside the five, and all of a sudden you have a player scoring 20-plus touchdowns. I mean, in 2021, Joe Mixon uh, had the fourth most expected points at the running back situation, the third most opportunities at the running back uh, position. And, you know, he did only play in 16 games. Uh, and, and those are not rate-adjusted. Those are the raw ranks. So, you know, I think that's you know, that's really interesting. I mean, I I expect this team to be even better in 2022 as Joe Burrow continues to mature, the team continues to get deeper into uh, Zach Taylor's playbook. They're going to invest in the offensive line. We know that is the glaring hole. So since he will continue to invest there, which is only going to benefit Mixon more, I I think it's a lot harder. So I know Sean's thoughts on players like Mixon. and And he and I have had this debate Uh, on other pods in the past. And and I can respect it. Blair has more of this approach too. Um, And there are some players that some, you know, some managers just not interested in owning. Like there's just not, they just don't want them on the rosters. And when you, when you assign a ranking like this to a player, that's really what you're saying. Um, You just would not give up anything material. Um, You know, I think despite Mixon's uh, unsavory past, um, We haven't seen a repeat of those issues in the NFL. Uh, he seems to have been able to move past that. I have no clue if he's a model citizen now, but he certainly hasn't had any legal trouble since entering the league. Um, and I would approach it very similar. I mean, it actually feels less risky than a player like Tyreek Hill, who yeah. at least has had some accusations <laughs> since he's entered uh, the NFL or Ezekiel Elliott, you know, those types of players who don't seem to, I think just because of the, the type of situation with Mixon, it just has put people off of him. I think, you know, I look at many rankings around the industry and I still see Christian McCaffrey as a borderline first-round startup in many people's rankings. I mean, he, he hasn't stayed, you know, healthy. You know, I, I think also the team has probably just really handled him gingerly because they weren't in a spot where they could compete and they've invested a lot in him. But how different are Mixon and McCaffrey really at this point in their careers? I mean, I think Mixon is a better bet to play more games. He's in a better offense. He's probably going to have more touchdown scoring opportunities. I mean, if, if Mixon or if McCaffrey, I guess, is healthy the entire season uh, we would expect him to, to probably, you know, at least double up Mixon's receptions, which is, you know, very important from a PPR standpoint, but I just don't understand, you know, I don't understand, I guess that gap. And so for me, for Mixon running backs, you have to really look at, in a maximum like two year window anyway at this point. But I think if, if you're, if you're placing bets on most PPR scored in 2022, 2023 at the running back position, I mean, Mixon's on the short list, man. So like, I just, you know, I, for me, I, I'm comfortable with a third round startup valuation on him. I understand why others wouldn't, but at running back, we want to chase the volume. We want to chase the value of the role. Mixon checks both of those boxes. He's younger than other players who are valued, seem to be valued or appreciated more highly from a dynasty perspective. He's tied to an elite quarterback. It's an elite offense. Uh, and he's, you know, the team's committed to him uh, for the next couple of years. So I just think, I think it's harder to create, to argue the downside case other than I guess his age. But when you look at his efficiency and his most efficient year of his career 2021, actually running backs are supposed to become less efficient. Uh, the longer they're in the league. It was actually, you know, he he had 14.8 fantasy points over expectation his second year back in 2018. And then he followed that up with two negative years. That's more of the typical career arc. But as the team has improved, Mixon has also improved. Um, What are some of the downside, I guess, arguments for Mixon?
1: I guess the downside arguments for Mixon would really come from, and, and I will say that forced to choose between where you have Mixon and where Sean has Mixon, I definitely would pick your side without hesitation because of what I think is on the horizon for him and the potential in specifically the next year. I'm not even really that concerned with what would happen in the next year because I think that enough good could come just in, let me say it differently. I think enough good could come in 2022 to cancel out any, like a pretty weak 2023 sure. season. Um, but I guess what would worry people is that perhaps... Mixon is one of these backs that might not be like an elite level talent. And because of the situation that he's in, some people are viewing him as such, which has driven his price out of a point where it actually is commensurate to the value that he has. Now that I don't agree with. I guess the other piece might be the fact that we've seen him in situations before where he's very slow to get started, puts out a lot of duds. But I I think that that's not the current context in which he sits so i can't really make that many compelling there i'm sure there are some i personally don't have that many compelling anti-mixen arguments that i can make I just ended up with a couple of guys like Dobbins and ETN higher than Mixon because I think that we could be looking at a two, two and a half year window for them versus, uh, you know, maybe like a one year for Mixon. Even that's highly debatable. That's just kind of where I fell out. So I guess case in point, we are more aligned than uh, where Sean would have him.
3: Sure. Uh, And, you you know, it's always hard to debate. The running backs who are on the wrong side of of twenty five because right, right. the ones that are really good can kind of just keep it going until they're thirty. And so, you know, the age actually just doesn't matter. Like if they continue to get the volume, even there, you know, as as they athletically decline, they're still going to provide a nice return. And I guess time will tell if Mixon's going to be more in that camp or in the other camp. But I, I mean, scored two hundred ninety PPR in twenty twenty one, had the fourth biggest running back role. I mean, I I think. I think maybe some people are are overanalyzing this and I mean I I would like him to outperform Najee Harris in 2022, you know? I mean, probably like him to outperform Najee Harris in each of the next 2 years. I mean, we don't even know what the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going to look like. So I mean, I just, you know, comparatively, um I don't know. I think it's, I think it's easier to make arguments that, that Mixon should be a top five dynasty back than it is that he shouldn't be a top 15.
1: Yeah. Um, oof, dude, those, that's like a very good line, very solid lines of demarcation you picked there. Cause I'm having trouble thinking about which way I would lean on that. So well done there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I get
3: this stuff a lot last week.
1: Yes. Yes. I I get your point. Um, yeah. I am trying to keep us on schedule here, keeping these episodes from getting too long this yeah, week. let's
3: end it. We got more players to talk we about. We got more players to, to talk about. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, because I don't want to rush through the next guy. Um, I want to make sure we're giving these players attention. So we appreciate everybody stopping by. It is great to have Curtis back from vacation. We are going to pick up with some more Dynasty players uh, in the next episode this week, and we will see you on Wednesday. Nailed it.
2: MyPatriotSupply.com